The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And again, thanks for joining us this morning. We're going to be in Psalm chapter uh, 51. So you want to jump into there. Psalm chapter 51. And if you want to follow along with us as we evaluate something. And I'm, I'm honest, as I look at this, there's times, at least in my life, as I've heard this preached or I've, I've looked into it myself, it's easy for us to look at what we're about to look at from a very controversial point of view, a very frustrated or frustrating point of view. And uh, I want to start, what we're going to talk about in, this, in, in these next just couple of minutes is talking about the premise of acknowledging our sin and confessing it before God. In 1 John 1, 9, the uh, Bible tells us if, I confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. But what we see in this passage is we see a breakdown of how David spoke to God about it and all that it really meant. And I hope this would be an encouragement. And it's really what I want, because I think sometimes that uh, we, fo- we don't fully understand all of what it means to acknowledge our sin, confess our sin, how does God respond to it, all these things. And because of that, we miss out on some pretty neat blessings. And so I'm gonna start with one verse later on in the chapter that I think is the premise of why we would do this. And so uh, it goes down to Psalm chapter 51, Verse number 12, the Bible says this, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So one of the things I like about this is it reminds us that there is joy in the salvation, there's joy in this freedom. And sometimes we get this idea that, and wrongfully, but Satan wants us to believe that we shouldn't have to confess, this is fun. And I think all of us recognize that uh, when we're tempted to go a certain direction or we go a direction, uh, we want to believe it's okay, we want to believe it's fun, and, and it is. The Bible tells us sin is pleasures for a season. But I think all of us realize at some point that there's some pain behind it, there's grief behind it, and we get frustrated. We wonder, man, I want to go back to the time when I enjoyed the relationship with Jesus and then with other people. And we recognize how sometimes our decisions have driven us into an uncomfortable scenario, and we don't, as the psalmist said here, enjoy, really enjoy the joy of, our, of his salvation. So we're going to look at these verses and just talk about how David, what he saw in here, what he taught in here, that gets to the point where he can restore this sweet communion with God. So I think, first of all, it starts understanding God's desire in this idea of confession and sin. It starts in verse 1. He says, Have mercy upon me. O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto thy multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. He starts with saying, have mercy, but then he brags on the goodness of God, the long-suffering of God, the mercy of God. And one of the things we must recognize is as much as God hates sin, of course he did, he placed Jesus on the cross to deal with it. He created a place called hell. Obviously he does. He loves us. And so when he looks at us, he doesn't look, just look down and see as a horrible sinner, get out of my way. He looks down as someone in pain, someone who needs help, and he desires to be that answer for the sin. And so he's, he wants us to confess it. And, and, and he's, he's desiring, literally the idea is he's sitting there waiting for us to confess. Bam, he's, you know, in 1 John 1, 9, he's always promised to forgive us, to cleanse us from unrighteousness so we can move forward. That's his desire. He's not looking to beat us up. He's not looking to bring guilt. He's looking just to immediately bring restoration, but it comes 
after we're willing to come to him. So God's desire is not to bring grief. It's not to bring frustration or pain. God desires just to show love. And boy, we need to, we need to hold on to that. Verse 2. Then he says, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So we understand, number one, God's desire in this. But two, we must understand our responsibility. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3. For I... Acknowledge or recognize my transgression. My sin is so ever before me. Verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. So he comes back we, under the responsibility that David stated we have here is recognize that it's us. It's not someone else's fault that I've done what I've done. It's not, it's not my culture. It's not my family. It's not, and don't get me wrong, there are things in my family, things, my upbringing, things and culture that do make some of what we do different. The battles of the things I struggle with in my life are gonna be different than others. And some of it's gonna be based upon my upbringing, uh, experiences that I have been in. But the fact is, what I do with those changes and those experiences are on me, what I do. And that's the thing we have to understand. First uh, John, if we confess our sins, it's, it's ours. They're not anybody else's. We're not the victim in this. We are the one who chose to do something, and we must acknowledge that. So we can't really enjoy confess. The word in First John 1, 9, if we confess, confess means agree with God. I must see sin the way God sees it. I must see it as evil. I must see it as destructive. I must see it as painful. Something that separates me from my sweet communion, not salvation, but this sweet communion with God. That's what it is. And so if I recognize that, so we come back, we recognize that God desires to solve it. We recognize that it is a choice that I made to get there. And it is against God that I've done this. He continues to just talk about that, that net, that these, um, sinful nature we were we were born into verse 5 behold i was shaped in iniquity and my sin did my mother conceive me simply saying that it's just how i was born and we all we were all born with the uh, sinful nature that came from the garden adam and eve verse 6 but thou because even though i was that's why i came thou desires truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom i shall know the truth he says, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. So we see what Jesus wants to do, what God's desire in this is, and then we see our responsibility. Once we recognize those two things, this is cool, then we see what God does. Then we see the process that God takes. So he recognized that he wants to, he wants, he's not looking angry, he's not sitting there, how dare you? He's up there like, look, just get right, just come to me. When I do, immediately he's ready to accept it. I must acknowledge sin, go to him. When I immediately go to him, then there's this process of things he does in my life. There's this cleansing, there's this transformation in my life. And so he talks about this. He says, you know, I recognize that I was born into sin as part of my life. And so I could sit back and say, well, this is just how I am. It is what it is. I did no. See, before Jesus came, that's kind of how I lived. You sin just, I did whatever was there and whatever happened, all the pain, all the junk that came with it was just. Well, when I came to Jesus, when I get Jesus into my life, I don't stop sinning. I wish I did, but now I have a choice. Now I have a power through the Holy Spirit to say no, and I can go a direction that is less, that is painful. I can go a direction that is towards freedom, towards joy, towards peace that the sinful life, just the empty life cannot offer me. And then he says, I have wisdom. I have an understanding. I don't have to be the way that I am. Then he says, purge me, clean me, wash me, help me. He goes, help me to see, hear the joy. He goes, as I come to God, he will process and he will make me from the inside out a better person. This is not me becoming good so I can be recognized by God. This is the work that God does in my life as after I get saved through the process of sanctification, slowly, 
and gradually and purposefully and through this process, making me more like his son. It's not always easy, but it is something that needs to be done. But boy, it changes me. It changes who I am, changes how I think, how I approach the world. But it offers me a sweet communion and a peace and a, and a freedom that outside of Jesus I really can't enjoy. Then he says in verse 9, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So he says, I love this. Really, the other process we see what God's saying here is that when it's done, God ultimately will turn his face away from our sin and he will choose. The Bible says, thy sins and transgressions will I remember no more. Please remember that does not say that God says I will forget them. Forgetfulness is a f act of failure. It's a mistake. God doesn't do that. He doesn't have failures. He says, I will choose not to remember them. I will choose not to dwell upon them. When I confess, God sets it aside. It's not like other people in our lives who will bring it up. I forgive you, but you know, you're from now. I'm going to use it against you again. That's not God. He's forgiven. It's done. Now, there's obviously forgiveness of my, of my sin in general. The Bible says the way to the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the forgiveness of my ultimate punishment for sin, eternal hell. Then there's that daily communion with God where I go to him when I still sin to regain communion. Kind of like if you have a, a conflict with a loved one and you're not enjoying the sweet relationship, that's the idea. And I can come, but it also helps me to become better in my daily life and the people I'm around. And it is slowly and purposefully creating in me who God wants me to be, someone that is enjoying life. Because frankly, when we allow the sin to roam, it just drives us down. And I think we understand that. Then he goes on to be restoring to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Is this understand when I really come back to what God is doing in my life and I don't allow these sins to, uh, to be there and to stay, boy, I enjoy the sweet communion. I enjoy this freedom that comes in that relationship with Jesus. And it's not this obligation. It's not this, I got to be perfect. It's a freedom. It's a peace through God, a peace through Jesus, and, and as the Holy Spirit works in our life. But I must do my part. And so I encourage you, don't allow Satan to lie to you and say, well, you deserve to do this. Well, then you live in misery. Don't allow Satan to say, well, it's just the way you are. It's part of life. Don't, don't let culture lie to you. Don't, don't make it look like, well, if I come to God, he's just going to hold me captive and things like that. Jesus, my relationship with Jesus, that's where freedom comes from. And oh, may you enjoy that freedom. May you experience that. If you've never been saved, come to him for salvation and begin to experience a freedom the world and religion itself cannot offer you. If you have been saved, continue in this sweet, this sweet thing of refreshment, restoration with Jesus. And it's amazing how it'll bring you back to a sweet peace that all the stuff of the world and all the stuff that Satan wants us to follow cannot offer. Again, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning. We're so glad you've taken a few minutes, whether you're watching this live or archived at a different time. So glad you've taken time to be with us and give me a chance to be part of your day. Again, we hope if you can, we'll see you tonight on property or online. And we hope that we can be a blessing to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.